Good afternoon. You're listening to Food for Thought on Siren 107.3 FM. I'm Charlotte Reed, and this is Siren's Food Show. Each week I take a look at the cafes and restaurants in and around Lincoln and find out about other foodie things happening in the county too. This week I've been chatting to Lindsay Gardner from Spire Chocolates. She's a chocolatier and her business is based in Louth. Spire Chocolates is a relatively new business, but Lindsay's really raspberry chocolates has recently won a gold award, which she says is an unexpected achievement. I sort of put some uh, some entries into the awards just you know, on a wing and a prayer, really. So in the first year of trading, it's absolutely amazing and very, very chuffed to to be included in uh, in such a, a prestigious awards group. Also on this week's show, Samantha Perdue and I have been chatting to the charity Lives, who are making a local recipe book to help their cause. Chris Strawson from the Digital Printing Services is helping out with the project and he explains a bit more. And it started off just a little idea that evolved and evolved and evolved. What about if we actually got all the local eateries, you know, or as many local eateries as we could from around Lincolnshire to get involved, to give us recipes? And then also the book is not only a cookbook, it's actually a bit of a where to eat guide as well. This is Siren FM. Spire Chocolates is a local chocolate business based in Louth. Lindsay Gardner, who runs the company, got interested in making chocolate as a hobby. It's still relatively new and Lindsay explains how Spire Chocolates got started. Well, we started trading in October 2012. Um, I had some help from the Prince's Trust actually last year um, to, to get things started up. Um, but I basically got into working with chocolate about three years ago by going on a day course with another chocolatier, um, which sort of kicked off what was at the time a hobby. Um, and I got very into to learning how to do it, really, and sort of spent my spare time for the next couple of years learning the, the processes and skills and starting to sort of develop some recipes and flavours. And then last year I was in a position where I, I'd been made redundant from my job and I was... Um, you know, at the point where I felt this is definitely what I wanted to do and to start the business. And as I say, the, the Prince's Trust were on hand to, to help me get going. So it was a nice situation of where kind of a hobby could really help you out in a way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was something that I, I felt very passionate about and it was sort of the the element of, of food work that I'd been searching for really that, that I felt I could work in and it gave me a lot of creative freedom and that, that was what I was after. And so why in particular was it uh, chocolate that you found much more interesting than maybe sort of other varieties of sweet things? I think it is the creativity of it. I think it's, it's such a versatile ingredient um, that you can work with in so many different ways and you can pair it with so many different flavours and it as well as the the sort of taste element it has the aesthetic freedom of creativity you can make chocolate look different you can shape it and mold it and you know there's just endless possibility to be as as all out as you want because it's chocolate and it's such an indulgence and I think most people who love chocolate feel that way about it that it is very special and it's an indulgent treat so there's there's no kind of boundaries from that sense you, you you're not sort of trying to create um a meal if you like it, it is a treat so you can um you can go all out and and make it taste as good as possible so it, it is just very very versatile with with what you can do with it and so what chocolates do you offer as part of spire chocolates 
Um, I have a range of filled chocolates. Um, that's the, the sort of main product range, if you like. It's uh, fresh chocolate, so they're with different centres. So some of them are things like cream ganache, for example, um, and then you've got things like pralines and nut centres, butter ganache. Um, so we've got a variety of different flavours, some involving fruits, some involving nuts, um, and various other ingredients. And those we do in assorted boxes, so you get a selection of flavours. And we can do them in sort of bespoke items, things like um, chocolate platters. Um, and then we offer other products, um, more sort of fun products, if you like. So we've got lollies and um, chocolate barks. Um, and we also do chocolate animals, which are, are moulds that I create myself, which uh, come from basically a, a clay model that I would make. And then I have those made into silicon chocolate moulds. So it's it's an imprint, if you like, of the model. So I've got um, chocolate alpacas, which is uh, a bit different and a bit fun. Um, but they're all made using the, the same chocolates that I use. So they're all of the same um, sort of flavour quality, though, which is, is key, really. So is it nice to be able to have that, as well as the freedom of being able to use chocolate, which you were saying earlier, it is, uh, helps to do lots of creative things, that you can also create your own moulds so you can do fun things like alpacas? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's that's the brilliant thing. that A chocolate mould can be made from virtually any shape you like, um, so you can be very creative and, you know, you can do that on a, a big or a small scale. You know, you can sort of set out and say, well, I want to make chocolate in this shape or in this design and there's always a way to do it you know as long as you have access to the the right skills and and tools you it can be done if if you've got the drive to do it then that's the lovely thing is that any challenge is technically possible have you had any customers particularly ask for a, a particular shape um not so much shapes i mean i have people sort of come and say oh it'd be nice if we saw um a particular animal in the range um, which obviously is something that I'm keen to build on in the future. Um, but I do get asked for particular um, sort of colour schemes. So um, I mentioned before chocolate platters, and that is something that involves um, a box that's made of chocolate and that's decorated with um, cocoa butter transfers, which are essentially a printed pattern that's edible, which you can um, put onto the chocolate during the, the making process. And that is something that I do bespoke designs asked by customers for weddings and things like that or gifts where a colour scheme is important to, to match in with a theme of a wedding or a, a particular um, like of the person or it might have a design on, um, you know, of a particular flower or a particular um, shape or something like that. That's where I can really... Um, use things like the chocolate transfers to make a very unique item that is uh, personalised for a customer. I saw uh, some pictures of your chocolates on your website where they had the kind of the stencil details on and it does make them, uh, it's, all, it's all chocolate so it's all kind of like luxury things but just to see that, that tiny little detail of what makes it so pretty is just something that's quite special. I agree, and, and that was one of the things that drew me to it so much, to, to chocolates, and particularly um, in recent years, that the use of things like transfers on chocolate has increased, and you find it in restaurants as well, and, you know, it does, as you would say, it, it makes it special, and it, I think for, for me as um, a customer, if you like, before I started making chocolates, 
for me it was the sort of magic of it and the mystery of how on earth do you get that on the chocolate and it just draws you in and it, it makes you think oh wow can you really eat that you know and and that's what chocolate should be i think it should be a special treat you know and so what in particular inspires your your flavor combinations for your chocolates um, there's a variety of things, really. I mean, a lot of them are kind of things that sort of pop into my head because that's sort of the way my, my brain has ended up working now on a chocolate scale. Some of them are sort of classic combinations that I think just work and um, it's a case of, of doing my version of them to get the, the standard that I want them to be at. So things like, um, for example, raspberry and white chocolate, which is um, my most popular flavour, um, and that is it's quite a classic. You see that uh, combined in a lot of different um, foodstuffs, recipes for cakes, biscuits, all that kind of stuff. But it just works. So in that instance, it will be, right, I'm going to make this the best version of it I can make. Um, and then there are other things where it's, it's something maybe a bit more different and it's possibly inspired by the ingredients themselves. So if I try something that is particularly good, then my job is to, to try and incorporate that into a chocolate, see if it will actually work with the flavour of chocolate, which is another thing that, that does um, trigger flavour combinations. The, the chocolates that I use, I mean, obviously, every chocolate has its own individual taste. And uh, particularly with dark chocolate, you can pick up um, flavour notes of, of lots of different elements. Um, so, for example, one of the dark chocolates that I use when I tasted it, I thought that I could um, pick up hints of sort of a spice flavour, a kind of warm spice flavour. Um, and it's subtle, but it means that it gives you the opportunity to, to pair that chocolate with flavours that, that are complemented by any notes in the chocolate. So I use that one for a couple of different flavours where there are things like cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla, you know, that kind of warm spice mix. And that, that sort of triggered me to do those flavours because of the, the hints of, of that in the chocolate. And your really raspberry chocolate has recently been awarded a gold star by the Great Taste Awards. So what it's like, what's it like to have your, your chocolates praised like that? Oh, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. Um, I mean, it's something that, you know, before I was in the food business, I, you know, I looked at with great respect any producer who, who could get to that level and, and produce something so good and you know I'm always keen to, to taste anyone else's produce that, that's won so I sort of put some uh, some entries into the awards just you know on a wing and a prayer really so in the first year of trading it's absolutely amazing and very very chuffed to to be included in uh, in such a, a prestigious awards group. I was going to say do, when you sort of have an award-winning flavour do you sit down and think well this is how I'll make it award-winning or is it just completely by chance it was just a really nice tasting chocolate it's completely by chance I I don't um I don't sort of design anything to to try and uh wow the critics it's it's fantastic to get that praise and and to get um a review or anything like that it's wonderful to know that people um who know what they're talking about have tasted it and said yes this is good but what I design is is what I think is going to taste great and it's what I think my customers are going to enjoy. Um, and, it, you know, that that's the, the key element. I don't um, do things for the sake of 
the awards, for example, but it is, you know, a massive compliment to, to have them appreciated. And there'll be more from Lindsay later in the show. Now, I am joined in the studio by Samantha Padoo. Hello, Charlotte. Well, many foodies, I bet, have a growing collection of recipe books. I seem to buy a book every single month and my shelves are looking rather full at the moment. Last week on Twitter, I saw an interesting tweet from Lives who were asking for recipes for a cookbook. Interesting. So, joining us now in the studio is Stephen Hyde, who is the marketing manager for Lives, and Chris Dawson from DPS Printing. People are probably thinking, why have we got Lives in and a, and a printing publisher in on a food programme? Well, the, the connection is, is that there's going to be a culinary adventure um, on, on behalf of Lives that you are putting together a cookbook um, and all the proceeds will then go towards Lives. First of all, let's explain to our audience what Lives is for people who don't know. Absolutely. Um, Lives stands for Lincolnshire's Integrated Voluntary Emergency Service. So our role is to work in support of the ambulance service, East Midlands Ambulance Service in Lincolnshire. And we have over 600 volunteer first responders. And if somebody in Lincolnshire dials 999 in an emergency, a health emergency, uh, our job is to get to them within less than six minutes. And we do that by having volunteers in the hamlets, the villages, the towns around Lincolnshire. And Ambulance Control rings them. If they're on duty, they ring them, and they get there really quickly. Our average response time is around about 5 minutes 40 seconds. And we save approximately 200 people's lives a year, and we'll attend nearly 17,000 calls last year. So it's a vital charity within Lincolnshire that helps save lives. And something that's very unique to this county, I mean, across the country, there are people who can first respond, but Lincolnshire has had this organisation for a very, very long time, um, and you do some incredible work. Yes, the organisation actually started in 1975. It was doctor-led, GP-led, and it was really just for serious trauma. Lincolnshire has more than its fair share of accidents, particularly on the roads, and we have a farming community that, um, you know, been sticking their hands in bale of twiners for the last 25 years without any problems, but every now and then it becomes a problem. And Lincolnshire needs to have rapid response for, for trauma, for serious trauma. And even more so now, because with government cutbacks, for, believe it or not, over seven years, there's been no medical trauma response out of any of the hospitals in Lincolnshire or North North East Lincolnshire. So all the serious medical response has been delivered by Lives Medics and, of course, the Air Ambulance as well, where a lot of our Lives Medics actually fly with the Air Ambulance. Um, but in 1999, we introduced the Lives First Responder, where we take people like yourself, Sam, that have got some sort of... Um, desire to help within their community and probably a little bit of first aid knowledge but they don't have to have any we will train you to carry in the defibrillator um, because if somebody has a cardiac arrest and there's 140,000 cardiac arrests in the country every year not all in Lincolnshire by the way few. No, few. <laughs> um, but what will happen is the responder will um, arrive with a defibrillator within that six minute window and then the patient has a massively good chance of surviving the cardiac arrest. And you are a, a charity. You don't get support or much support from the government. So you've got to find inventive and creative ways to raise money to kind of keep the wonderful things that you do going. And you've come up with a cookbook. Well, yes. Um, 
I think I know we met at the WI, didn't we? Yes, we did. And I, I have this in, incredible respect for the WI. I, I just, I sort of joke in a way, but I sort of mean it. I think they should rule the country. I rule Siren FM. So you rule know. Siren yeah. FM, so I can believe it. But when I go in and talk to them, you know, they're highly responsive to us. They support us dramatically. And I know the cakes I get are out of this world. So I thought, why don't we sort of get a cookbook together, um, particularly with some of the top WI recipes throughout the county? And um, Chris here from DPS Printers, they do an awful lot for us. They sponsor us, they help us, they help sponsor the van, and they do our printing at cost price. But they do good quality stuff. And I spoke to Chris, and he said to me, well, actually, um, why don't we take it a little stage further? And I'd probably let Chris explain yeah, what I decided, I say, because I sort Chris. of ran with it. He had this amazing idea. So, Chris, tell us a bit more about the idea. Well, um, over the last sort of um, eight or nine months, we've done a lot to support lives um, through various sort of projects and helping, like Steve said, with print and doing it cost price, helping support the van uh, and things like that. Um, last year, we did the lives calendar, which was great, wasn't it? You know, we put it together and it was shots from Lincolnshire and it was a project we really enjoyed working on. Um, this year, uh, Steve mentioned about the cookbook and having the WI angle with it uh, and I sort of said, hmm, what about, and it started off just a little idea that evolved and evolved and evolved, what about if we actually got all the local eateries, you know, or as many local eateries as we could from around Lincolnshire to get involved, to give us recipes, and then also the book is not only a cookbook, it's actually a bit of a where-to-eat guide as well. So people looking in the cookbook can either cook the recipes or actually think, mm, maybe not, I'll probably actually just visit the cafe, pub or restaurant and, and sample it there, get the best of both worlds. And what reaction have you had then from restaurants and, and pubs and, and, and places around the county? It's been absolutely overwhelming. Um, I do the DPS Twitter and Facebook pages and we've been putting it out on there. And every day, different sort of pubs, like I said, or cafes or restaurants are getting in touch and saying, yeah, we'd like to support it and submit a recipe. You know, Lincoln Loan, there's been the from the Hilton to the White Hart to the Tower Hotel, the Lincoln Hotel. And then you've got cafes like Bunty's, the Angel Coffee House, you know, and then Burton Road Chippy. They've got him to touch oh, as well. <laughs> so it's a, a really diverse, mixed range of food places. And I suppose that's the way that Lincoln can really help out with a project like this because there are so many different places that you can... that are cafes and pubs out there. They're all sort of doing different little things that want to help out and be part of the community as well. Yeah, completely. Um, Burton Road Chippy alone do a lot for various charities and they've been fantastic, you know. Uh, they were actually one of the first places I contacted and without any consideration they just said, yeah, we'd love to be involved. I think they're um, submitting a fish cake recipe. Like I said, it's just so diverse and it's a really exciting project to be involved with. And have you got any celebrity names in it? I spoke to Rachel Green, um, obviously is a well-known local chef. She um, wants to be involved, so she's going to support, give us a recipe as well. Uh, we are looking at other local sort of celebrity chefs maybe to get involved as well. So, so yeah, so if, if you're out there and you want to help us, get in touch. I suppose a question to, to, to both of you. When are you looking at publishing and, and getting the cookbook out? We, we talked about this and we were hoping to get it out probably around about the end of October. 
and we're having a big charity week. Um, we have to raise funds. You, you picked up on it earlier, Sam. Um, we have to raise about a million pounds a year. And Chris has grabbed this and really run with it. You know, he's, he's really got involved with it. And I had a meeting with his boss at Sleep, Matt, who's, um, you know, getting the design going. Lincolnshire Life is supplying photographs and things like that. And we've thought, right, let's really make this something special. So we've, we've made the decision to take it through to the first week in December. So that it's a real stocking filler. It's something that people will want. It's not going to be expensive. It's around about £7.50. Um, and it'll carry over 100 restaurants and pubs and, and cafes and things. I know the reaction that we've had from people is, wow, that's a really good idea. And the cookbook's shaping up quite nicely, lots of Yeah, yeah. Every day, as I said before, we're getting new foodie places, getting in touch and submitting recipes, but we still need loads more. We're about two-thirds full, uh, and we're looking to have around about 100 recipes in total. It's going to be 152 pages, but we still need quite a few more. And it's not just Lincoln um, eateries we're looking for, it's the whole of Lincolnshire, you know, which we're getting some more from around Horncastle, Sleaford, um, Louth, but we need lots more yet. So, uh, and time is of the essence. And so, if someone listening to this wants to contribute, what's the best way that they should get in touch? The best way, really, um, I'm on Twitter, Chris from DPS. They can get in touch with me on there. Otherwise, they can phone through to DPS in Sleaford or they can email me, which is chris at dpsdigital.co.uk. Otherwise, also, they could get in touch with Steve at Lives um, and then he'll put them in touch with us and we'll get the details and the recipe and explain which is the best way to submit you know, what they want to put in the book. And we'll get all those details up on our website as well, so just in case you missed all of that. Is there anything else that you would like to tell us about the cookbook that maybe we've not asked you? What a good question, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, within the cookbook, what's exciting me about it is the diversity of the recipes that are going in, as you say, from a a simple fish cake recipe that probably kids can get involved with um, through to some quite complicated, I'd like to be on MasterChef sort of recipes. And that's what I sort of said with Chris. We don't just want um, something that's for the really good quality chefs. We want something that anybody can sort of pick it up and go, right, there's a nice supper recipe. There's a nice cake recipe. There's a bread recipe. So it's the whole diversity of it. And that's really what we want people to be able to do. And this business where Chris said it's a little bit of a review on the restaurants and the cafes as well. You'll see this really nice cake recipe and you'll think, whoa, that's rather nice. And we're hoping that some of them will give little vouchers in it as well. So there might be a discount for going in for two or three people to go and have a meal or an afternoon tea. So it'll be a, a, a good cross mix of um, all the eateries around Lincolnshire. And it sounds like a really interesting idea. And although we mentioned the details earlier, if you want to find out them again, then just head over to the Siren website, which is sirenonline.co.uk, and click on Food for Thought. And if you want to get involved, then everything else is on there. Earlier in the show was the first half of my interview with Lindsay Gardner, who runs Spire Chocolates. She talked about the different flavours and moulds that she likes to experiment with when making chai chocolates. And making chocolates started off as a hobby for her. So I asked Lindsay how she got interested in such an intricate hobby. I've always had um, cooking as a hobby, and particularly um, sweet stuff, as in desserts and, and that sort of baking side of cooking. And I happened to receive um, a gift of a day with um, Coco Dance chocolatier in Derbyshire, 
who do sort of a chocolate experience day where you can go and they will tell you all about chocolate and um, you can have a go at making some chocolate and they obviously talk about their, their business and how they got into it as well. Um, and really it just, I was just hooked. I, I just spent the day there and and just thought, oh, I, I need to know more about this. This is brilliant. And I got some advice from them on, on how to sort of get started as a home um you know, home chocolating and got some books and some equipment um, and literally just spent my, my weekends for the next year doing very little else. And it was, uh, you know, from day one, I was sort of making up my own flavours and, and that was what really spurred me on because it was so much fun to to just create. It wasn't just following a recipe in a book. It was the learning the skills of chocolate work is it's hard work to, to sort of get your head around all the, the sciencey bits of it. But once you've got that basis, you've got the creativity to, to keep moving forward with it. So there's endless things that you can do with it. So it, it does make a, a very exciting hobby and certainly you're never short of people to taste your recipes anyway. It's something that also requires quite a lot of technical equipment, isn't it? It does to a point. I mean, you can start it on a very small scale easily without any cost or with very, very minimal cost. Um, but to take it on to actually a professional level and try and start a business, you do need a certain amount of equipment. Um, I mean, I, I still work from home. I, I don't have a workshop and loads of temporary machines or anything like that, but I do have things like um, holding tanks which keep the chocolate at the, the right temperature for working with once it's tempered. Um, chocolate moulds as well, good quality chocolate moulds are, are quite quite an investment to set yourself up with things like that. Um, but those are the, the main things um, from a sort of minimum start-up point of view and then it can grow from there. I mean, you can get um, as big as you like really with, as I say, temporary machines and get into enrobing and things that will cut your ganache for you and you know you can increase production and you know get get quite large on the machinery scale. Now Spire Chocolates is based over in Louth and so do you like to sort of use Lincolnshire flavours or or products or something like that and, and reflect that in your chocolates as well? I do yeah I like to it's Obviously, there's a limit with with chocolates um, with regards to local sourcing. So obviously, uh, cocoa is not not too uh, common in Lincolnshire, but I can certainly use local ingredients. Things like um, honey, I use a fantastic local honey and local butter. So that sort of element of the um, fillings that go into things like ganaches, I can use local produce because it is so good and it, it's. I think it's important as well for local businesses to support each other. And also from local businesses supporting one another, you're, you can buy your chocolates in other shops around Lincolnshire as well and you like to go to the markets as well to sell your chocolates, don't you? That's right, yeah. I, I do um, the Louth market sometimes on a Wednesday. We're not permanent traders every week, um, but we try to go as often as possible. Um, and places like the, the farmers markets, Louth and Horncastle, um, we've just got a new Food Friday market starting in Laos this Friday. Um, so it's, you know, there, there's lots of opportunities to go and sort of be amongst other food traders and, and be where where my customers are. Um, and as you say, shops as well. I've got um, a couple of stockists in Laos. We've got Royston's Deli and uh, Jassy's Sweet Shop, which I've just uh, 
been working with recently to create a range of exclusive bars for them. Um, so they they've got their own range of bars that um, that I make for them. So that that's another brilliant outlet for for me as well. Is it nice to have as well? It's kind of I suppose two different sets of people there who are trying things out. So you have people who are trying things out in the markets, but then you also have people who are kind of wanting to tailor something so that you and that shop can work together on a little project absolutely yeah i mean i enjoy that um you know for for someone to come to me and say well this is what we've got in mind um what do you think and have you got some some ideas and some input i love that because that that's sort of nice creative challenge for me and i've got a fairly um well-structured brief if you like but still with the the creative element which is you know that that's the part i enjoy the most is the the development of a new product or a new range of products so it it gives me both opportunities to to do that for someone who's given me the specification or for me to do it kind of freestyle and and try and sell that on the market and get customer feedback to to help develop it and do you ever get to a point where you might be a bit tired with chocolate and you maybe want to experiment with something else or, or is it just chocolate is, is so interesting? Um, I don't ever get tired with it. I think I would like to continue experimenting within the confectionery field. Um, there's, you know, there's so much to learn. Um, I've just kind of because I'm fairly new to this, really, in, in the last few years, I've, I've focused on chocolate. I will always do chocolate. That's my my key um, thing, my key product. But I would like to expand within that and learn perhaps other sort of sugar confectionery um, cakes, for example. There's um, a lot of scope for, for chocolate work on cakes and decorations and this sort of thing so that there's lots of room to expand my knowledge and skills and therefore develop a, a bigger product range um it's it's something that i hope will grow as the business develops and also it really does come across that uh, from you that the way that the the business would inspire chocolates would expand is basically when you'd like to really learn a new technique or learn how to do something else within chocolate as well Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, it's obviously the, the business sort of grows as um, as things pick up, you know, as orders pick up and trade picks up. Um, but certainly, I think having a wider range of products will, you know, in turn help that happen. Um, and vice versa, I think as if it grows a little bit, that will give me the scope to then start perhaps an, another um, product. And, you know, it will kind of work both ways, really. It's it's difficult to predict it. I think it's it's a case of having um, goals and ideas and, and just sort of seeing how it goes and what works best, really. 107.3 FM. This is Siren FM. And that was Lindsay Gardner from Spire Chocolates. I found it, it was so fascinating talking to her about chocolates. We, we found that we had 20 minutes was, was just the cusp, I think. It was so 
fascinating just to hear how you come up with flavours and things like that. Um, if you'd like to listen to that interview again and all of today's show, they can just head over to the Siren website, which is sirenonline.co.uk and click on Food for Thought. And that's where all episodes of Food for Thought go once they've been on Siren. So you can also listen to last week's episode, which was a bit of a special Bake Off episode as well. It had... Uh, Lucy Bellamy from the Great British Bake Off, this year's Great British Bake Off. She comes from Grimsby and she got to week two of the uh, contest. And so she popped over to Siren the other week and just chatted about everything to do with the competition, what it's like to meet Mary and Paul and, and Sue and Mel and what it was like baking in that tent and just how it's such a, a it's so different from baking at home. And so it was really, really interesting chatting to her about the show as well. So that's over on the Siren website as well if you'd like to listen to anything again. But that's all for this week's Food for Thought. If you have any restaurant recommendations or just want to get in touch, then head to sirenonline.co.uk and click on Food for Thought. And there, as well as finding all the episodes that you can listen to again, you can also find out how to get in touch with me.